Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. be spoken here on the extreme life of matt hardy presented exclusively on podcast heat and adfreeshows.com of course i'm john alba joined as always by the man of the hour mr matt hardy and yes queen rebecca has even made a run in this week here <laughs> what's going on house hardy Woo! what is going on john how about let me break into broken man real quick queen rebecca where's king maxwell lord wolf gangs are on empress evie can't keep him senior benjamin on his toes. I feel so bad. He's got all four kids. <laughs> oh, no. Mama and Dad, we're out here on the West Coast, and Senior Benjamin's taking care of all the uh, all of our prodigies. Senior Benjamin and Vanguard One are babysitting. I'm very glad to see that you guys get some quality time together. <laughs> I know that's hard to come by, and I know, especially when Matt goes to the West Coast, that's hard to come by. So that's cool that you made the little trip over there. How was the, the flight? Everything? Was the travel okay? What? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we had a crying eight-month-old behind us the whole time. So I, I texted Matt because I didn't want to be a dickhead. I was like, well, I really left my four kids at home screaming at me 24-7 to listen to this fucking little motherfucker behind me for six hours. <laughs> I mean, it was funny. Like, you know, we intentionally, like, I, I fly first anyway. And I, I went out of my way to make sure she had first. We're sitting beside each other. And there were only eight seats in yeah. the first-class area. And, of course, there was a, a child right behind us. Who's crying? I just remember she texted me that and she had the expression on her face. And I just texted back, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> hey, couldn't happen to a better queen, Rebecca. Well, it was a very, very busy weekend for the Hardy clan there out in AEW. Setting up the tag team match, the dream match between the Young Bucks and the Hardys at uh, AEW Double or Nothing. But even before we got that, we saw the reemergence of the new brood gangrel popped up on aw rampage i had no idea this was happening i lost my shit and i said oh my goodness we got to get him on the podcast this week so matt hardy what are we doing this week on the show uh this week we are going to have the vampire warrior the true most dedicated vampire ever in the history of the business gangrel sitting here and joining us and uh we're gonna we're gonna talk shop a lot of good stories from the new brood days and We'll get some clarity on the Michael Hayes story that we told at the Outback Steakhouse. So we'll see the real perspective, the unbiased perspective on that as well. And guys, I want to remind you, if you're listening to The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, make sure you head over to wherever you get your podcasts. And what should they do when they find the podcast, Matt Hardy? If you love the podcast, which it's hard to imagine you can love the podcast, make sure to leave us a review. A five-star, cinco, five, cinco. Five-star review. Take a screenshot. Leave us what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your feelings. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you put us over. You post that, and you send to John, myself, or Matt Hardy Pod, and you could end up winning something in the future. 
Yes, we'll be doing a t-shirt giveaway soon. It was a lot of fun. And we got to give a, a big shout out, Matt, to Chris Jericho, who came on our show last week to talk about Stadium Stampede. And in addition to talking about Stadium Stampede, even in the AW press conference, he put over the extreme life of Matt Hardy. And I thought that was very cool of him. Very cool. Very, very cool, man. I, that was that was a lot of fun. To, you know, we talked about everything building up to that and then just to watch back the match with him. That was That was a lot of fun. So very enjoyable. Chris is one of the greatest minds ever in pro wrestling and uh you know obviously me being someone who is a fan of recreation and reinvention and uh, he is truly one of the goats when it comes to that so it's always always a fun time whenever we sit back and chat and then we got the actual match itself matt we got the hardys against the young bucks yes double or nothing a a very newsworthy pay-per-view Let's let's talk about here for a hot second. First off, the match itself. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about the match after you walked away from it? And the Hardys pick up a big time win, and I have to imagine in the not so distant future could be setting them up for some big things. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I was happy with the match, especially considering uh, very early on in the match, uh, Jeff was almost knocked out, so he. Uh, got hurt pretty bad. That's why he's being pulled from the match in Los Angeles, obviously. So he was uh, he was kind of running on fumes going through the match. So he still held up his end of the, the bargain pretty good in the big scheme of things. That's so, what I thought happened. I, I, I didn't know. I haven't talked to you about this at all, but it looked right. to me like he got knocked silly inadvertently. Do you know where it happened, when it happened in the match? Uh, I, we have a couple ideas, but we're not sure, and he has no recollection. Like He doesn't remember the match at all. You know, wow. after, after that happened. So uh, thank God the Young Bucks are the Young Bucks. Uh, and I'm me. And we were he, he was literally just a, a vessel being given directions throughout this match to kind of do what he was supposed to do. So considering uh, he, he really got knocked loopy terribly at some point earlier in the match, he uh, he still did pretty good to go through and do everything he did. And it's so funny that he's just still such a great athlete and so good at what he does like. You know, if you like look at that swanton he does on the stairs, he still does it like perfectly. And perfectly. Like, he didn't realize he was supposed to do it until he was told he was supposed to do it. And his boot was coming off during the match, too. And uh, he, the buckle on his boot, he has uh, boots that like buckle up, and one of his buckles snapped and broke. So he had that, too. So he, he had a he had a pretty rough, hard night. And Adam Cole, too, which is also out of the match, uh, had, had gotten injured as well during his match. So yeah, that's, had a couple, that's uh, a couple of streaks of bad luck in, in this 10 man tag, but. They have uh, found suitable replacements that are going to take their place tonight. I still really liked the match. I thought it was a little slower pace getting going. You're trying to establish a battle for high ground, if you will. Yeah, but no, I, 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 I did see that a little bit where people said, like, oh, my God, like the last few minutes really picked up. Like, I don't see how you don't love the beginning, though. Like, yeah. do you understand the story we're telling? Like, it was a very simple story. I just thought it was a very much like – Anything you can do, I can do better, kind of thing. That- well, no, no, no. If, if you go back and rewatch the match, watch it again. When I first start with Matt Jackson, the whole story we're telling there is that we start wrestling. He drops me, he drop kicks me, boom, down. We do a thing where it's a leg sweep, a leg sweep. He gets up in my face. I'm still seating. Mm-hmm. No, we're younger than you. We're faster than you. We're in our primes. You guys are good, but now we are better than you at everything they do. And that doesn't change until we like get in their head and psychologically uh, mess with them, doing the young bucks pose and everything else. You know, and then that's where we turn the tide. And then, like, ultimately the story becomes, like, these Hardy guys, sure, they're in their overprime, as Jeff stated. 
but you know these guys that are in their overprom, you, they're like pieces of, of metal, pieces of steel. Like you kick them, you beat them up, you, but they won't stay down. They keep coming up. Like, are you human being? Like, we we are. They're stronger than death. They will not die. You know, and that was the whole mentality we were trying to to paint throughout that. No, I really like the especially. Pardon me, especially the last third of the match alone. I, I really liked it. Not just because it was a lot of action. I thought the storytelling and the emotion was really there. Especially when they're they're kicking you guys and you're just fighting back. You're hulking up. Right, it's a good story to tell. And and this match really accentuated. And I know you put them over on social after, but the Young Bucks are just generational talent. They are really just on another level from anybody else. They 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 are so special. If if you are a legitimate fan of pro wrestling and and you don't respect the Young Bucks, I don't. You don't have to like them. Maybe they're not your cup of tea. But if you don't respect the Young Bucks. You don't get it. You do not get it because they are they are uh, they are a generational tag team and they are extremely special. And on top of that, both of them know exactly what they're doing in the ring. There's two like guys who are generals in the ring. And so what, what, once again, with that deal, when 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 Jeff was not loopy right from the jump, if it was in a match with someone else besides the Young Bucks, it wouldn't have been as good as it was. And they do the Hardy Boys pretty well too. They are Hardy Boys and the Hardy Boys in 2020. <laughs> they don't have the scar tissue we have in our bodies. It was just funny to me because I see them playing the Hardy's greatest hits, and I'm like, you know what? These guys have watched so many Hardy Boys matches in their life. It's so apparent because it was so fluid. They're not even thinking about it. They're just going out there, going through the Hardy motions. It's a credit to the impact that you and Jeff have made on so many tag teams, and obviously them as well. So. Uh, good stuff, man. A good match. I'm glad to hear that that Jeff is taking the time to heal up a little bit. It might not be the worst thing in the world for him after that Darby Allen match a few weeks ago. And he 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 did do a bunch of matches back to back to back to back, which was a lot. And you know he's he's one of those guys that's so passionate. He's gonna go go crazy in every match, and he wants to get. He he really feels a commitment to the wrestling fans. He needs to give them everything. So yeah, I, I think it'll be good for him to take what we saw. That's good, and get himself all physically healthy so the Hardy boys can then get back on that expedition yes. of gold because yes. I know that's in the forefront for the Hardy boys. And uh, I guess lastly, real quick on the pay-per-view, CM Punk, man, he's the new AEW world champion. Uh, congratulations to uh, to CM Punk. And uh, I thought those guys had a hell of a match as well. And, and it, this is one thing I have to say, first and foremost, for, for Papa Khan, you can't hate Papa Khan's passion. Bull fucking shit. <laughs> and I think that's the quote. I actually showed that to Rebby, and she was popping so huge. Whenever. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> oh, that's what it was, right? Oh, my God. Oh, come back in here real quick, please. I want to get a rant. Because I said, hold up, look. Like, I know you don't give a shit about wrestling and whatnot, but you you got to watch, because she, she got to hang out with, with Papa Khan when they were at the Hardy compound for quite a while. I got to know him. Well, I love they, Papa really Khan. So, so I said, no, watch this clip where someone's seeing Punk and the whole Eric Bischoff deal, whatever, and just like what he said, so we'd like a response to it. And just the rant he went on, like, how'd you feel about it? He's amazing. He had the crazy eyes, which I don't mean in a bad way. I mean that in the best way. Because he's super passionate about it. And I like that because a lot of people are so scared of having to be politically correct and give these like picture perfect media clip answers that can be used in other forms of media. And they're, you know, very nice. And it sounds like it's, they're reading off a teleprompter. And he was like, that's fu-. even the cadence of how he said it is like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, <laughs> 
You need a that and you need a flame. It was, it was very amazing. clear to me that he had he had been prepared for that question because he had. Oh, he went with the stats. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he knew it yeah. was coming. He knew it was coming, and he was ready for it. And yeah, I was. Yeah. That was that. That was tremendous. I mean, and, that, that brought me so huge. He also he didn't insult Eric personally or anything like that either. He just said, "Hey, I think that these comments are fucking bullshit, and here's why." And no, no, no. I mean, it, it was said very well. I mean, once again, you have Eric Bischoff, which has his opinion. He's absolutely entitled to it. Then you have Tony Khan and his opinion, what he's absolutely entitled to. And the thing that was so interesting is how he went into, you know, like the the facts and the records and like physical evidence of this is why things have worked or been good, which is it was so great, so funny. Yes. Well, here is a fact I've got for you before we get to our mad fact. Uh, You will hear it over the course of this podcast. I feel like absolute shit today. And that's because I didn't get a chance to take my AG1, Matt. And I'm I'm upset that I haven't, but I have barely been able to, to stomach anything. But I promise you once I can, I'm going to because I want better gut health. I want more energy and I want to optimize my immune system. And all you need is one delicious scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in the process. And it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. And the beauty of it is is that it costs you less than $3 a day. We got our assortment of beverages every single week here, Matt Hardy. That costs more than $3 a day. I promise you that. So this costs less than that, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's an all-in-one nutritional insurance. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system, because by God, do I need to right now with convenient daily nutrition just one scoop in a cup of water every day and that is easy no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy athletic greens is giving you a free one year supply of immune- we love free here on the extreme life of matt hardy a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase five five yes five. and i gotta tell you john i'm so sorry you slipping this morning and you didn't have your AG1s but I gotta tell you this morning I, I feel great because this morning I had a double dose <laughs> of attitude you had two you scoops you yeah had two I, scoops. I had two scoops man I had a double dose of <laughs> AG1s man I feel like a million bucks maybe even a billion bucks <laughs> well to get your free one year supply and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you gotta do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash hardy again that's athleticgreens.com forward slash hardy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance tell them Matt Hardy sent you and they'll be like okay you know what that makes a lot of sense so get in on that Matt Hardy we got Gangrel on the pod this week the extreme life of Matt Hardy I'm very excited to hear from him and we'll hear what he's got to say. He's one of my all-time favorite performers. Best. And he's one of the nicest guys that I found personally that I've ever worked on a show with. So with that said, tee it up. Hit us with that Matt fact. Matt fact. Matt treasures spicy tuna poke bowls. Where, where does that stem from? Uh, a change of diet. Eating a little healthier, 
not eating uh, meat as much as I did uh, because I just can't digest it like I used to. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Father Tom is on my back. So uh, I, I love poke bowls. And uh, you know what I put on my poke bowls? My spicy tuna, spicy okay. shrimp poke bowls. You spicy love your, mayo. You can say you love your spicy mayo. That's your favorite, condiment. favorite condiment. But you eat that with some nice rice, avocado, cucumbers, uh, some tempura flakes. Oh, my God. That's heaven right now. I, I, I'll do it where, you know, you go through different changes in life. But, you know, sometimes I will just covet. I will just desire. You know, I, I will lust these spooky tuna bowls sometimes. So I, I really do. Whenever I get those, I treasure them because they're like a, a, especially if you eat earlier in the day, even though it is a little more carb heavy, it's something that's all good carbs and it gives you great energy throughout the day. Well, next time you and I are together, I'm, I'm a sushi slut as well as a caramel slut. So <laughs> I'm, I'm all down for that. Let's, let's make that happen. I was, I was curious if your mad fact was maybe going to say that Gangrel is your favorite vampire, which I know he is. So, is. so let's not waste any more time. Let's bring him in. The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy presents to you our interview with Gangrel. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, savewithconrad.com. So I have been really waiting for this day for a long time, because uh, if, if you've been following me on social media for years, you know that, like, my niche guy is Gangrel in professional wrestling. And now he's joining us here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy. And I, I'm just a kid in a candy store right now. Gangrel, what's cooking, man? What's going on? How are you? Matt, what have you done to him? He looks like hell. Last time I seen him, he was all dapper and cleaned up. He's got a hat on. He's voices gravel. What, what have you done to him? Well, myself and Father Time and being around the pro wrestling industry. We'll get him where he needs to be. Grizzled. <laughs> not looking Man. stronger than death right now. <laughs> Dave, in two years, he'll be just like you and I. Grizzled as hell. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I drove Gangrel uh, back from an indie event about a month ago. And we stopped because it was him and Alex Hammerstone, too. And Alex Hammerstone, it was like 11 midnight, something like that. Hammerstone was like, I need milk. I need to get milk. We need to stop for milk. So we, we searched up and down the Boston. These body guys. We, right, these body guys. We searched up and down the uh, Boston, greater Boston area for an open rest stop, and we find one, and I had to get gas, and I park in the furthest gas, like, little lot from the, from the actual convenience store. And Dave just looks at me and goes, ah, fuck you, man. <laughs> he to walk all the way. Hey, man, us Jimmy Legs people, man, you got to get close to the door, man. I know. You know, I should have never made fun of your Jimmy leg because I got a Jimmy leg like hell. No, I got Carter a Jimmy leg. I got a Jimmy leg. I got a Jimmy leg. 
Well, I was so like, oh no, my Jimmy Leg failed me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we got. I had to hit me to cover up real quick. I was like, what? <laughs> I... Then I blame you. didn't feed me. <laughs> <laughs> I... Damn green rookie. Yes. <laughs> I watch Dynamite. Or I watch Rampage, rather. And you pop up with the Young Bucks who are cosplaying as the Hardys. And I, in all caps, texted me. I was like, is this a rib? I was so <laughs> excited. How awesome was all this? What was that experience like getting the call to do this little angle here? Well, I thought they rewound the clock because they, they ran all the Hardy sequences pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, they're coming off the back. What, what, what are you doing, leg Larry or are you doing Slash? You did leg Larry, yeah. Like, yeah, it was good. No, it was awesome. It was fun. It was great to be there. It was great to be around uh, Matt and, and Jeff and stuff. Like, you know, uh, kind of reliving my uh, – in my senior years there, going out there, <laughs> getting a little uh, flashback. It was awesome, man. I, I can't even put it into words. It's a, again, they, they, you can't stop the smile. If, if you see me coming down, when, when <laughs> first, like they said they were going to go with the gang girl thing, I would come down the ramp every night, and um, I'd, I'd come up through the fire, halfway up through the fire. I would try not to smile. I'd be like, and then I'd be like, <laughs> I just couldn't stop smiling. And for like three three straight TVs, they tried to get me to stop smiling. And but I was just so excited to be there. When you hear the crowd and you feel the energy, it would just come out. And that's how I felt uh, on the uh, rampage taping too. It just felt like I was like back in the groove, and it, it was it was awesome. So I couldn't stop the smile. So I was smiling from ear to ear. Even when I missed the damn kick, I was still smiling when I hit the DDT. <laughs> and and one of the things that I love so much, whenever that curtain dropped, and the reaction that you got whenever they realized it was you. Oh my God, this isn't like someone pretending to be Gangrel. This is like the legitimate OG Gangrel. And that was so amazing. The reaction you got was just awesome. And we came out and spit the blood. I got a huge reaction on top of that. Piggybacking pops. It was so great. Biggest fear ever is always, do they remember, you know, you go out there to drop a curtain and it's like, <laughs> but, but, uh, Yo, I wasn't smiling until I heard a pop, and then when they came, I was like, "Oh, thank God, I live to fight another day." <laughs> it was it was so cool too. I remember telling John, uh, it was uh, over a week ago, maybe about ten days ago. I remember after I'd heard from Matt Jackson the Gang Girls books, and uh, I kind of knew what we were gonna do when we talked about it a little bit. And I, I remember telling him, "I said, wait, do you see Rampage this Friday? You're gonna dig this, the the go home thing. You're really gonna dig it." And you're talking about the Hardy spawn off our moves. There's no doubt about it. In 2022, the Young Bucks are better Hardy Boys than the actual Hardy Boys. I mean, they're 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 killing it. Everything they're doing is uh, super nice and crisp. Yeah, yeah, they they, they look good. But but man, it's just it's just great to be there with everybody and get to uh, have a reunion on uh, national television. That was awesome too. I know we uh, did a little one uh, like two weeks prior. Uh, yeah, in the Joey match and stuff, and, and and that was great. But then on this on the grand stage, it was awesome. It was amazing. It was amazing. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> oh man! Well, even even this one, you know, this this one was very big on the Bucks, you know, because this was like, you know, we we, I think everybody knows, like Matt and Nick both kind of put input in for their group, you know, when it comes to the Hardys, it's, it's typically me. Jeff's just like, ah, oh, tell me what to do, you know, tell me what to do. You know? That's not really his process as far as that goes. Um, but like, I remember even going back whenever we did the Elite Deletion, where you did the appearance there, and I remember. We were talking about having a couple really wild cameos in there that would really pop people that would be unexpected or whatever. And I remember thinking, like, God, I, I can get Hurricane because that'll be easy. And we did this House Hardy special 
on the WWE Network where he was kidnapped. And it was like two years ago. Is there any way creatively I could figure out something that I could, you know, kind of retcon and, and make make sense in this whole storyline, you know, that, that would fit with everything. And then I remember thinking like, hold up. Well, he was kidnapped on WWE in the WWE universe. Who's someone who lives in the WWE universe that is available to come to AEW right now? And you were the first person I thought of. Because like the last thing we did technically on WWE TV is when Jeff and I turned on you and beat you right. up or whatever. I think that was technically the last thing we did. So you would have a beef with us. And then I was like, I'm wrestling Sammy. Nobody knows any history between you and Sammy. Maybe we could like retcon something that, you know, Sammy was your, men, you know, like uh, you were his mentor and, and he was your student or whatnot. And you could pop out. And then also we could save Shane and like top all these loose ends at once. And I remember whenever I told Tony, I said, hey, Tony, I was thinking, how about Gangrel Dave? And he said, let's fucking go. I love Gangrel. Yeah, let's let's go. <laughs> he was so down for it. He said, we'll check with him and make sure he's open and he can do it. And, and we're good. But he, he was super excited, which was cool. I yeah, it was, like, it was a long night, but it was fun. The weather, yeah, <laughs> storm was coming, hurricane yeah. or a tropical depression or something was coming through. Yeah. Crazy, so they're trying to get it all shot. It's supposed to be a two-day shoot. You did it all in like six yeah, hours. Knocks it out in one day. You, you yeah. Matt, you just said that like Tony Khan loved Gangrel. Like, I feel like everybody loves Gangrel, and and I'm not just saying that to blow smoke here, but like everyone loves Gangrel. There's a nostalgia element with you where everyone looks at the brood entrance as one of the greatest entrances of all time. Nobody's going to doubt that. There's that smile that you talked about when you're up there doing the bloodbath. And when I, when I gave you the ride about a month ago, Matt even said to me, he's like, man, Dave is just one of the nicest guys I've ever met in professional wrestling. And I feel like you carry a great reputation, man. All these years later, how do you look back on this ride and, What's been the impression you've tried to leave in that time? Well, to be honest, I'm just glad I'm still alive. My my family had me in the death pool at 30. <laughs> so, so every day past 30, I've been smiling like crazy, man, because, you know, I'm here and I get to uh, – I'm so blessed. I get to uh, put my boots on. I get to wrestle, man. I'm, I still wrestle like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every week, and, and then I'm in a ring Monday through Thursday training people. So, like, I'm in a ring seven days a week. And uh, I don't look at it as a job or anything. It's just something I love. So I'm very, very blessed. The impression I'm going to leave, I, I don't know. There's no reason to be a jerk. or uh, You know, I, I, when I was with Luna for 18 years, she could be. She was the crazy one. <laughs> <laughs> I just get heat by association, and I try to buffer it out. I think, I think she made, made it up. She just made it easier for me to be super calm because there's no way I could be any over, more over the top than that. You know? <laughs> we might have a connection here, though. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would get another sentence out. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> She's laughing. That was the greatest moment <laughs> of our podcast. Oh, my goodness. See, we do that with – that's why Dave and I, Wes, are kindred spirits, man. You know, we've been through it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! That was uh, the greatest moment of this. They said I had to be the calm one. Me too. <laughs> if not, yeah. she scorched the earth. Oh, yeah. Thank God right. she doesn't have infinity diamonds or stones or whatever. She would erase everybody. If I was yeah. to talk about something, Luna was already like ready to kill the world. But then if I was to get upset, oh, forget about it. But everybody dies. Immediately. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, I, feel, I feel you, brother. <laughs> How do we top that? Oh, it just kept me super. I, I just just kept me calm. I was just 
Man, I just love wrestling, to be honest. I just love wrestling. Right. I, I didn't care if they would come out and they'd say, hey, you're going to lose in like 30 seconds. I'd be like, cool, whatever. As long as I get to wrestle, I'm going to make it the best 30 seconds of my life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. For me, it's as long as we get the brood entrance. That's it. And like, I, I know that's a, a, a gag, but for real. And I actually interviewed Dave uh, probably about seven, eight years ago. And I'll never forget this. This is one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten in wrestling. It, we were talking about the brood theme. And he said that Stone Cold Steve Austin told him that you have to be able to walk to your theme because that's such an essential part of the presentation. What do you remember about that conversation? Because when I think of the brood, man, I think of you just strutting your ass to the ring, walking and beat to the to the drums. It's it's such a great presentation. I, I don't know. He came up to me one day. He goes, Gangrel, what, what the hell do you think about your ring music? What do you like about it? And I said, I can walk to it. He goes, that's the key, man. You really got to be able to walk to your music. You got to feel it. And if you can feel it, everybody else is going to feel it. And then everything's downhill from there, you know? <laughs> that's that's awesome. And I mean, Matt, you've even said in the past on this podcast, like rising up through the stage with the ring of fire around you, that's got to be a career highlight. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the coolest entrances ever, as you said. And on top of that, I feel like if you're someone who's passionate and you love this, unless – you're just some professional athlete who is super talented and they just like have you come into wrestling and you don't really feel anything because you don't love it. But most people, the bigger percentage of people that really become successful in this business and have great longevity are the biggest fans at heart. So if you're passionate about it, whenever you come up through that stage and, uh, and you feel that fire and you feel the anticipation of the people as it builds within you, I mean, you feel it. You, I mean, you, you can very, very much feel every moment of that, entrance of that music and it makes you get into the moment you really can't stop it it's it's unavoidable it's inevitable that you'll get into that moment and you feel so special and powerful in that moment and it's it's one of the best entrances ever do you, do you feel yeah. that Dave? It's, it's it's uh it's intense but it's like it's like pain and pleasure go together contributing to the ultimate bliss you have all these crazy emotions coming through there am i going to get burned or this or that you're in there tight, but it's so damn cool. By the time you get to the top, you're like, yeah, let's <laughs> go kick ass. And uh, with the music, too, with the fire, everything, the coming up through the stage. It's just a perfect storm. Perfect storm. The music was so good. And it's funny, you did, they would say, always make sure to look down and walk over the fire because the fire <laughs> is burning so hot as it's doing it. And Jeff and I did, I remember we would go out of our way to, uh, we would always wet our hair down and put a ton of product or whatever. I'd put baby oil in my hair and still you can see. Now, if I just put water in it and dries out, it gets curly as hell, man. Like my, you know, my, I look like a Samoan or, you know, super Bariqua, whatever. You know, my hair gets super big. I gelled out all the time. I got so much gel. <laughs> but, but, but I would do that gel. And then we would also dump, we would dump water on our pants too, like from our knees down and right. our boots, just as we were walking out through the fire, just to, you know, be safe, just to make sure it didn't catch us on fire because that fire was so hot and it was so flammable. Yeah. Well, I was the lucky one because I fell down in the middle. So anybody on those edges are really catching the heat coming up. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think well, Edge helped it to him one time. Like, it just, like, uh, matted to his gear because it was so hot when he won the first yes. time. I remember that. I do remember that. That doesn't sound fun. Right. Yeah, it's, so it's super cool. But I'll, you always have to look down, too. And I'll tell people to look down because I don't, I don't – if you remember the very first time I did it, it was – a. Um, we did a dry run. I get there and they go, you know, they came up this whole entrance. It was really cool. And uh, they said, watch the lift. It has a shimmy in it. So you got to wait for it to shimmy, then walk. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. But 
they did the dry rehearsal. There was no smoke, and the, the flames didn't seem as high. It wasn't dark, and it, and there was nobody in the arena. So you were quite aware of it. So when we went to go live and, and do it, the uh, the elevator comes up. I, like, I see all the people. They attempted, you know, you just get brung into that moment, like you're saying. It's so proud. I go, and I feel the shim, but I thought the elevator stopped. So I turn to go walk off stage left through, off the elevator through the fire, and my foot went in between the lift and the stage. <laughs> so oh, no. it didn't come all the way up yet. And then, so it clamped down on my foot. Perfect timing. So I was stuck. And I had flames up in my balls. <laughs> I was holding I'm going, ah! <laughs> I'm going down. That's my very first entrance. And uh, it crushed my foot. My foot was, uh, my foot was like, I didn't tell anybody. My foot was black for like three or four months. It was just horrible looking. So that's why I ended up with that, that gangster limp that I had coming down. <laughs> because foot got grizzled in the elevator, got caught, it smashed. So I had that limp coming down and I just smiled. But I was still so damn happy. I didn't care that my foot was crushed. <laughs> I came down there. So that's how that whole walk came about, that whole stagger step. And I still walk like that today because I got the Jimmy leg now. <laughs> but it started with the foot in that thing because I didn't look down in the elevator coming out and see a fire. So I was sitting there, literally the fire was up in my crotch and I was just going, hey, hey. I was pointing down like trying you know, I felt like such an idiot, but it was taped, right? So they, they cut, they come out. You don't see it, but the, the, the pyro guys, they say rib me for years, a year about that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, the vampire showing his mortality. What are we going to do? <laughs> Thank God we're rolling tape. We can, we can edit. It, it's so funny, too. What an amazing backstory that is to how you got your walk down. You know what I mean? Yeah. You start doing the walk because your foot's legitimately, all your toes are crushed. You know, so you're kind of hobbling, and it turns into the game grill walk. What an amazing uh, Black and purple, man. I'm just hobbling down. Yeah. <laughs> Every step was like, oh. <laughs> but I was so happy. I smiled. So you had that kind of smile. <laughs> it worked perfectly for you. And you are in a really unique position because you were an integral part and a bystander to the rise of two of the most famous tag teams in wrestling history, the Hardy Boys and Edging Christian. You played a role in helping both teams get established on that main roster back in the time. So I want to know, what was your first impression of the two teams when you first met these guys? Well, I, I don't know if Matt remembers, but I met them way back before I ever met Edge and Christian. I think I, I was just doing TVs, right, showing up for like WWF. Uh, I'd go out there and get slaughtered or something. I think I might have met him in the Carolinas at one of the tapings or something. I'm not sure if you even remember that. Uh, we, 100%. I, I remember seeing you at TVs, and I also remember when we met you at Wrestling Mania. Uh, is the story, the famous story I tell about you and Jeff. I mean, everyone, Jeff's got like this. Jeff is like a very emotional, spiritual person. He like, a lot of times, like his mind doesn't even exist in like reality or the real world and a lot of the things he thinks about. So I remember one of our first interactions with you. You were, you were like the special guest. I, I want to say, were you in Memphis at the time? Maybe like 94? Were you in Memphis uh, then? From Memphis, yeah, yeah. And 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 we, when we worked for Italian Stallion, which is the guy who inspired my big money uh, man character, because he like took us for every nickel and dime he possibly could, right? So we were doing his big show of the year, which was his wrestling main. <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah. even say it the right way. Which was his WrestleMania, but he called it Wrestling Mania. It, the logo was the exact same. Everything was the same about it. And he put together his big card, right? So Jeff and I were on that. But uh, Dave was in to do the show. And this is when you first really had the, te the, the teeth. And, like, when you first got the teeth, they were pretty, like, uh, long-term, right? 
Uh, round 94, 95, I had them bonded in permanent. Yeah. They yes. Like permanent. Right. And that's, that's what I remember. And I remember Je Jeff, my brother, you know, Jeff's like, man, dude, this guy's so committed to being a vampire. He got real vampire teeth, man. He, he believes it, man. He's so fucking cool, man. Oh, it's, oh, <laughs> oh you, you feel it? I, that's some weird Jeff shit he would do, right? And uh, talking about all that stuff. So then we we uh, we meet you at that show, and we talk to you for a little bit. He said, man, that's fucking so cool, those fucking vampire teeth. And I remember we leave, and we're going back home because the show was in Charlotte. And we stop at a Waffle House. You know, it's 24 hours. And I remember we're uh, – Pulling up, we go into the office. I said, Oh my God, we all on that big wrestling show over that night. Y'all was on that wrestling show, right? You know, a damn vampire just came in here and ate. Jeff said, He did? Gangrel was just here. He said, Oh man, that's so fucking cool. He said, What was he going to his hotel or what? They said, I don't know. He just he just walked off. Just, oh, it's so fucking cool, man. He just fucking walked off like a vampire. He turned into a bad and shit and flew off, man. So fucking cool. And Jeff was just so enamored when we first met you. And then, you know, I then I know we saw you at TV after that when you came up and we were all doing extra work or enhancement work and stuff, but those those memories are so embedded in my mind about how Jeff was just, he thought you were the coolest thing ever when he first met you. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's very spiritual, man. I, Jeff, I would sit with him sometimes and he'd go, yeah, man, I just like to watch the grass grow, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he'd be dead serious, too. He, he's so over so he's so over all the politics and all the crap and wrestling, you know. <laughs> one, one, one of my greatest moments of my life, speaking to Jeff, was watching uh, in in a European tour, watching a buzz Jeff Hardy and John Moxley discuss social media, and just the barrier <laughs> that was it's gonna it's gonna ruin the world, man. He said, "You like it?" He said, "No, I hate it." Do you like it? No, it's terrible. And just going back and forth. You know, none of them are like functioning people on that. They just they don't want that. They just do their own thing. You know, they're their yeah. own little person. They just want to be in their corner and, like, live their life and be happy and emotional. I've learned to use the media to stay alive and stay busy out there. So. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great tool. I mean, it's this is cool it is, but, but it is the devil's tool. It, it, it'll be the downfall of a lot of, a lot of people. <laughs> it, it is like that. You know, uh, as, as I say all the time, man, social media, the best thing about it, it gives everyone a voice. The worst thing about it, it gives everyone a voice. You know, it really is. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. Oh, yeah. I love I, I love just that, that Buddha mentality from Jeff. And I, I know that his just way of life very much appeals to you, Dave. I know you mentioned that in the past. Uh, I, I want to circle back to Edge and Christian here for a second because – that's where we see the brood, the initial brood, and they're working a lot with Matt and Jeff, obviously. Matt, what were your impressions of the brood presentation when you saw it for the first time? And you're such a big vampire, Mark, yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Were, you, were you jealous? Were you vicariously living through that? Because it feels to me like you might have been. Oh, I was positively envious, yeah. Whenever I did figure out that we were going to take them out and we were going to get to have the ride for a little while, it made my life. So much fun. But uh, speaking of Edge and Christian, I mean, they were great anyway. We had we had met Adam first, and we knew about him and Christian. We knew about, you know, Sexton Hardcastle and Christian Cage. They were doing their thing on the indies. Jeff and I were keeping up with that stuff. You know, I remember for the longest time ever, when we were in the South, we couldn't get any magazine coverage. We got so mad. It was, it's always Reckless Youth. It's always Ace Darling. It's always Devin Storm. It's these guys, you know, all the New Jersey, Philadelphia people that were right there, and they knew the people, you know, like, what does it take? To get some, uh, what does it take for us to get a little bit of promotion in these magazines or whatnot? 
And I, I remember Sexton Hardcastle and Christian Cage, which is Edge and Christian, they kind of had that little bit of, a, of an issue too. And then finally, yeah, right. Yeah, Sex and Violence, correct. And then once we met these guys, they were, they were cool. And it's like we'd known them forever. And once we first started working with Edge and Christian, like we were married to you guys forever. I mean, we worked on the road. You know, we were doing those 10 days, 10 days on, four days off for, for months and months and months. So we worked so many times. And it was like a great chemistry we all developed because not only were we good working together, we also like we're all friends together, too. So that, I feel like that makes the matches even better and stronger. And then we even got to do it again once uh, Dave joined us and, you know, turned on those guys. And we did some six-mans, too, at some point. Where, do you, who do we utilize in those? Do you remember, Dave? I remember sometimes we do six-mans with you guys, but we would have some other, other partner. I don't know if it was a regular person or they just kind of Beer like – Beerwolf. We, we, no, we, we, you're right. We 100% did do stuff with Beerwolf. <laughs> We did, do, we did. We did. I'm, we did. I, I was six two when I started in WWE, and I'm six foot now. From him clubbing my head, <laughs> <laughs> and he was only forty one years old. <laughs> Imagine if he worked as long as we did. How 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 how, how stiffy would be? Oh my goodness! I was wait. I didn't know who who was stiffer, him or Road Dog, with those forearms to the top of the head. Wow! <laughs> of course, yep. Beer Beerwolf being Michael Hayes. And we yeah, told right. some of those great stories in the Michael Hayes episode of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy available in the archives. But I've been waiting to <clears throat> pardon me, I've been waiting to ask you this. Oh yeah. This was a big story. Let's go back Michael to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Let's take things back yeah. here. Um, you were kind of the ringleader of the brood. Michael Hayes was the ringleader of his crew with the Hardys. And our story finds us at an outback steakhouse near a, near a a mountain, a cliff, if you will. Yeah, and- it was up on the outside Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I don't know how we all ended up there, but they, the, Matt and, and Jeff they ate healthy. Christian and Edge were really healthy eaters. I, at that point, I didn't really care much about eating. I was just looking for my next Jack Daniel shot. <laughs> so we ended up at the outback, you know. So I, you guys weren't. I don't think you guys were sitting at the same table. You guys were kayfabe at some, weren't you? Or, uh, or were you guys sitting together? I, I, I don't remember. Uh, for, for some reason, I feel like we may have been at different tables, just not too I far. think you were at But I went up there to the bar and sat down with Michael Hayes, which was a big mistake. <laughs> so I go up to the bar, and, and, you know, we're doing shots. It's all cool. But then, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever been around Michael Hayes. Matt and Jeff have, but he tells a lot of stories, but – the stories you've already heard once, twice, three times a late, you know? So when you're getting on about the 10th round of the same story and you finish the story for him and he gets hot, hey, wait a minute, it's my time. It's my time. You know what that means, boy? You know, I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, I know what that means. You can shut up. And like, he goes, you want a headbutt? I go, yeah, I want a headbutt because I was frustrated. He goes, come on. And I think we started headbutting in the outback, like a headbutt or two. And then, uh, if I remember right, I think, Matt and Jeff or, or uh, Christian, I don't know, they came over and said, hey, we got to get this outside. We went outside and continued to go on outside. And uh, we went back and forth, but, like, he caught me He caught me one good one. So I, I rifled back with another one, boom, and then I hit him with one more <laughs> repetitive. I think he started bleeding. And I was getting ready to go in for the kill, and, like, uh, Christian and Edge and Matt and Jeff, they broke it all. Because <laughs> we're getting ready to go down the side of a hill. <laughs> we we had my to break up this. He was happy. We had to break up this bloody fight between our mentors before they killed one another. 
Uh, Gangrel had had, uh, had Michael right on the edge of the hill, and he was about he if he would hit him with another one two good headbutts, he was they were both bleeding as it was anyway from slamming each other's skulls into one another. If he would hit him with another one or two, we'd lost Michael forever. He'd been gone. We would have lost him. He'd be yeah. of Mount Washington, as I think Dom said, is where we were. Mount Washington is that correct, Dom? I think in Pittsburgh, the uh, back on a hill. That's hot, the hill right there. You look down and you can see the interstate from it. <laughs> but that's just one of those road warrior wrestling stories, right? Like these. Don't get me wrong. I love Michael Hayes, man. Michael's been that, nothing but good to me. He just, he just was, he just wanted to headbutt that night. He thought I was being disrespectful, but maybe I was. But shit, man, I heard the story ten times. <laughs> and it, it, you know, you got a few drinks in it yourself. You, you, you kind of say stuff you shouldn't say. He's just, he's a senior to me. I should have been quiet, but. But it ended up in a headbutt contest. But we were good after. We were, we were good. Still good today. <laughs> it's funny. You, you say that too, man. But, like, I mean, just there's been and, – and you've seen it because we were kind of there. Like, what, what year did you start wrestling, Dave? 87. And Because we started in 92, so we're five years behind you. But we both lived through, like, the change of culture in wrestling. And it's crazy how much has changed in, in that amount of time, right? I mean, we're yeah. going to be at 30 years this year. You're 35. You know, it's just uh. – Michael being old school as he is, you know, just like that, that was their way of life. And it's just how it was, you know? So it's not like he was just, people probably hear the stories about Michael Hayes and it's hard to understand. Like, how's this guy so crazy or so out of control? It's just how it was, you know, oh, and it's what the culture was then. You you know how it is. Yeah. And, well, if I started up on, 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 uh, on Luna and, and, and how we lived or anything, because she was second generation. So right. she grew up at all. Had it then some, so Michael Hayes was a pussycat compared to like what I used to deal with. Right. I, I don't know, man. Like uh, I had did that dark side of the ring, and I had to hold back. I was like, ah. <laughs> and the stuff I did say, they were looking at me like, really? I'm like, yeah, but I, I was giving them the PG version. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, but you were dealing with with like all the Vashon cultures and and rules and traditions, which were very different, and the way they would either discipline someone or like break rookies in or haze them. I'm sure. I mean, if people heard that in this day and age, they wouldn't believe it. They're like, Oh my God, they're, they're, they're criminals. Lock them up, whatever. It's just the culture was so different then. It's just, you know, it's hard for people to understand that now and, and really program someone's actions. as an old school guy into like today's modern society, just because times have changed so much culture in society and in pro wrestling. Can you imagine like it, it- like Bill and Ted's exit adventure, you, you grab some of these guys from the early 80s and the 70s, and you teleport them into the future, how quick they would be canceled? Oh, <laughs> immediately. Within a week. They would never make it over seven days. Within a week. <laughs> they would all be, uh, can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? If you took some of the new up-and-coming stars today and you did a Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and went back to the 70s, they'd be dead in under seven days. In yeah, under a week. Time. Nothing to joke about, but they, they wouldn't handle it. No, no it, would be, it would be terrible. Yeah, they would have never lasted. The drinking, the, the uh, just the hazing and everything, just It'd the lifestyle. It yeah, wasn't so, just an yeah. lifestyle back then. They lived at twenty four seven kayfabe, going yes. going to bars, pick fights, just to, you know. Yeah, they, <laughs> like, they, I mean, literally, as you that know, was that was fun for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they, they would literally do that where guys would, they, the promoter would say, go to this bar and pick a fight in the town and just kick somebody's ass. That way it would give you a lot more cred for the show tomorrow night. We'll have a bigger house. I mean, just Eddie, such a different concept. 
Eddie Graham used to encourage his champions to, to get in bar fights. If they lost one, though, he'd pull the belt right off them. Because <laughs> like, no. it, it gave thing legitimacy that they were tough sure. guys. It helped. It gave the business credit for believability, you know. So. Right. Now, yeah. now, Dave, we, we told the story back when we did the Michael Hayes episode that JBL used to say to the Hardys, when the Hardys turn on Michael Hayes, they will kill him. And, <laughs> and it happens in August of 99, and they join with you. What did you think of the idea to pair yourself with the Hardy Boys? It's a different presentation of the brood. It's not quite as heavy-handed on the vampire element of things. And uh, uh, what did you make of your experience with them? I'm, I'm trying to remember who came up to me. It might have been Vince Russo. I don't know. Somebody came up and said, hey, we got to get we got to get Michael Hayes away from the Hardys. They're going to kill him. <laughs> He's driving them crazy. <laughs> driving them crazy. <laughs> They're going to oh. kill him. They knew. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna put it with you for a while, and uh, I was like, "Oh, cool! That's awesome!" Because because Matt and Jeff, I I love them, man. And this like out of everybody we wrestled, I loved the Brood versus Matt and Jeff. It was just that was the best times, and it was just just amazing times. So I thought it was cool. Uh, it didn't last very long. Um, I don't know what happened there. Like it was the Terry Ronalds Invitational, the ladder matches. I joke around and tell people my fear of ladders and microphones kept me to middle management. <laughs> like, but uh. Yeah, I think I was supposed to do something with Terry Reynolds, and I don't know, if, uh, but then Luna, I was supposed to do a kissing scene with Terry Reynolds after the ladder match stuff, and then Luna came into the locker room and put her tongue down Terry Reynolds' throat and kissed her, and said, I kissed you first, you bitch, before you could kiss him, and next thing you know, I just kind of disappeared. It's like somebody was like that Thanos guy, they put the big glove on, and I just got erased. <laughs> Rebby, so- did you hear this story? <laughs> <laughs> This is a good time for you to make an appearance because I can see you doing this. Come here. I'm going to just I'm gonna tell you the story. So that, that, there was a big show on. Get on, get in. Get Ladies in. and gentlemen, Rebby Hardy. Hi. Hello. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our lovely wife, Rebecca. This is Dave. This is John. Hello. Hello. So Hello. Dave was just saying. You're out here telling rat stories? Like, what do you, what am I? Oh, talking? no, no. There's no rat stories. No, no, no. So <laughs> there, there, was an idea, there was an idea pitch, Dave said. Like whenever we won the tag team ladder match, the Terry Invitational Tournament, uh-huh. there was going to be something where Dave Terry was going to come up to Dave and kiss him, stick his tongue in his throat, and make out with him. So right. he's married to Luna Vachon at this time. And what does Luna say? Ooh, what, does she, what does she do? Luna didn't say anything to me. She marched into the locker room, grabbed Terry Reynolds by her hair, stuck her tongue down her throat, kissed her, and said, <laughs> fuck you, I first thing. <laughs> <laughs> And then they can't stop. So, needless to say, the kiss never happened on my end. And, and I was <laughs> for a long while. <laughs> Yo, I love her. I'm there for that level of crazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> my bitch is not amazing. She was with Bigelow, and they would do a kiss and stuff. I'd go, I go, whatever. <laughs> I'm scared of Luna, so I just, whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. What I love her. I had to sleep next to Luna, so I was like, whatever, man. Pick, pick your battles, baby. Number one rule of marriage, pick we your just, battles. We just want to live. Oh, my God. <laughs> we just want to live, Dave. I love that. Oh, just draw a breath one more day. <laughs> well, so you get the two-month run with the Hardy, and it really is. It's only a two-month run, which is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. But because look at the response you guys got this past week. People identified the Hardys with Gangrel. But it was really just a two-month run that you had together, and it comes to a conclusion at the tag team ladder match and the next night. 
you were originally ringside for the tag team ladder match, and then you got sent to the back. But what do you remember about that match? Because as we've talked about here, that's kind of the match that made the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian. No, it, well, I think it helped make that whole that part of that attitude era too. Like it, it, it turned a corner with stuff and and made showed that the younger guys can be the stars over the older guys. Because in my mind, when that happened. I don't know if they would tell you guys, man, Jeff, but they would come back to like me and Adam and say, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that. They would tell you each night, you got to take this out. Take it out. By, by the end of the time, they told me I had no offense, but they deleted my whole offense. Deleted. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody deleted my whole offense to the yeah, offense. Yeah. Somebody, so, totally. had an, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. So We, uh, we, got, that, that, we got that all the time. There's no way the older guys would do this shit anyway. <laughs> so... They went out there and they stepped it up another level, and I went, there you go. That, that, that showed me that that was a period where it was a shift change and that the younger guys coming up are, are the next generational stars. And stuff, you, know? you know, and they really gave us the time in this tag team ladder match to do some special stuff, and we were doing a lot, and they were aware of it, you know, and, like, Michael was out there. He was helping us with it. You know, Mike, Michael, uh, you know, we tell these fun stories about Michael, but I say this all the time. No one in pro wrestling has taught me more or made me a better performer than Michael Hayes. I mean, just being able to pick his brain has been amazing. Even though there's sometimes yeah. JBL would say, when the Hardy start on Michael, they will kill Michael Hayes. You know, there's sometimes he can drive you crazy, but he's a brilliant guy when it comes to, to pro wrestling. But we, we had this opportunity to go out there and they let us, they let us go crazy. And, and we really created something, I think, that was special, and it was magical for that moment, especially with all four of us. And, and it's cool. I feel like Dave, even being involved in that, really even ties him into both Edge and Christian and the Hardys even more in, in the long scheme of things. But after that match, I'll never forget Stone Cold Steve Austin said, well, hell, boy, here's, here's an old Steve Wise for you guys. You stole the show tonight. First one, the main eventer, the, like the biggest draw in wrestling, saying, like, you know, you guys stole the show. You killed it. But there were other guys you could tell that were on top. They were like, oh, we need to be putting a thumb on these guys. That's a little too much. They're going a little too crazy out there, you know. But it, it was the beginning of opportunities for young guys, as you said, Dave. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, you bring up Steve Austin. It was always cool. He came up to me one time. He goes, I really can't wait to work with you. And it never happened. But but he watched all the matches. He really did. Yeah. it. He, he didn't seem spiteful. And I'm not going to name names. But there's other guys that really – would hold you back. They really would work against you, but he wasn't one of them. At least not the vibe I picked up. He always seemed. Yep. Yep. And it was also, it was kind of like, it's when the business was going through a change where I feel like the top guys really did hold younger talent back as long as they could, or as much as they could to make sure to protect or, you know, take care of their spot, so to say. But we were starting to see slight changes in the industry at that time. Yeah. I'd always joke and say, you only have so many dead people in a company. too. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> how did you feel when they pulled you away from the Hardys and Edging Christian because you were so interlocked with them? And now once you're gone, because I mean, let's be real, neither team needed a manager, neither team needed another foe. They were both finding their own footing and ready to go. All of them are destined to be stars and, and, and the, the, the great talents they are and still are. They're, they were all, they were all that, was, that was their charted course, man. Their, their, their talents, you couldn't deny any of their talents, their ability and their charisma and whatnot. Um, I mean, I'd be lying if I wouldn't say I was bombed. Sure, I was, I was like depressed. I'm like, ah, what do I do? And then, then I would wonder, like, I'd go, man, is it because of Luna or is it because of myself? But when I sit back to the day, I think about everything. Everything that happened was on me because I was so caught up in my own world that I didn't give, I didn't care enough to go and ask, hey, why, or fight for anything, or say, why can't we do this? 
or pitch ideas. I was just like the kind of guy that said, okay, whatever, um, cool, whatever, I'll see you next week. You know, and, and you couldn't be like that. And Vince didn't respect yep. that either. He, he respects somebody that as, he doesn't want you to challenge him, but he, he respects you. You go, why are you doing this? Or why, can we do this? Or you pitch ideas. And I didn't. I was just too busy, honestly, caught up fighting with Luna. And I mean, I'm not putting this on her, but it's on me. Because if I, if I was, where my head is now, I have accomplished more in the last two years than I did in the last 34 years getting up there. Well, 35, so 33 years, the last 33 years. I've, and the last two years, I'm more motivated and driven now at 53 than, than, I, than I was on top of the world at 29 and 30, you know? And, uh, and, and I don't, I, now I don't get bummed about it. Back then I'd be bummed. Now I just go, you know, it's my path. It's my course. And, and uh, I'm very proud of all their success. And, and I say it all the time. And I do mean that Matt. And I, I tell Edge all the time. I call him a lot. And I mean that. And I'm super, super proud. And just, and uh, I was, they, I didn't make them. They made me. It, we all were like together. It was just a magical moment. Everything was kind of perfect that, the brood itself with the entrance and then the feud with the Hardys, that just made everybody uh, together. It was just all together, like I said, about my entrance was the same thing about all of us. It was just a perfect storm. And then, you know, and they just spun out of it. You know, they're shooting stars out of there, you know. Some of us crashed their earth. I crashed their earth. But I'm good with mine. <laughs> no, man, thank you. And I, I know I, I, I know I can speak for those other three guys, for Jeff and Adam and Jay. Everybody loves you, too. Like, everybody loves Gangrel. To know, gang, to know Dave is to love Dave. And, and I almost feel like in some ways, as we were talking about how there was a shift in the business shortly thereafter that, you know, the whole tag team ladder match and kind of like once WCW went away, business changed a little bit. But also it's probably one of those things at that point in time, you were almost like too nice. You know what I mean? They, they, they like guys that, you know, that would like, you know, you said Vince doesn't want you to, you know, call them out or challenge them, but he wants you to say, like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Da, 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 da. And, and they do want guys who will step on other people's toes to like try and get ahead. They want to see how hungry they are. They want it. But, you know, there's a lot of guys like both Jeff and I, there's probably times where we could have like, you know, pitched a bitch fit and could have gotten more stuff going our way. But we're like, oh, okay, this is what you want to do. Okay. You know, you, you, you really nowadays in, in the battle, in this industry, you have to learn how to pick your battles. You know, make sure it's a hill you want to die on, that it's a cause that is truly worth it if you're going to do it. But there are times where you have to stand up for yourself. Yeah, and I, I did. I'd just be like, okay, all right, cool. <laughs> and, and Matt, the cool thing is he's still out there fanging and banging these days. You know, he, he's still out there, and, and I can attest because I've seen it. And, Matt, you just worked an indie show with him. Gangrel is over as shit still. People love Gangrel. And I think that's yeah. such a credit to you, man, to the love and passion you put into the industry. No, it really is. Being, with all, there, every time uh, Matt and Jeff do something, or Christian and Edge, they do that. It just it, that we're forever tied together. All of us, the brood, the new brood, right. but in the, the whole feud, it's forever tied together. And I think that's how I just keep living along. And then when people go back because uh, of the network and stuff. So when something's going on, they go back and they go, well, what was that music from? Like when, say, Adam's coming out with something. And then they look and then they see, oh, look, the fire, and they rewatch all that. So that gives you a whole new uh, group of fans and age that, that weren't even alive then, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it just keeps, keeps it's just a wildfire. It just keeps regenerating and sparking and, and to new people. So so every time that they're successful, it's just, it's just it's better for me. And I credit that to why I'm still working, not because it was a memorable character. It was a cool character. And the music was, like, really, really super cool. And I couldn't ask for better music and an entrance and all that. But on top of that, it's the four of them, uh, their success and their continued success today, which keeps feeding down to me and keeps me busy. So thank you guys. <laughs> 
man. You're you're the best, dude. You're the best. That's really awesome. And <clears throat> Gangrel's out there now with his own podcast, Fanging and Banging. You guys should all go check that out. He's also training uh, stars of today and tomorrow. You worked with Paige Van Zandt, if I'm not mistaken, ahead of her yeah. debut. What'd you make of that? I didn't. Um, I only seen bits and clips of it. I, I was a little concerned because the amount of time she trained for for a match, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, I was worried. I, I suppose it was fifty fifty on that. I didn't see it like live or anything. I only saw mm. clips. Um, but I was very concerned. She has a lot of talent, and I think she can be a long term uh, star. She really, really is good at everything she does. She's super, super athletic. Um, but we get thrown in a match in a six man, and it was so weird because they're like. The heels are faces, and like, you know, and it. Sammy went into it as a, he was originally like a baby face. They're booing him because he's making out with time. So it was such a weird chemistry and atmosphere. Yeah. It's just a really weird angle, and, and you know, I'm, I'm gonna say it. I'm just kind of glad that all kind of ended because it, it gave me anxiety. <laughs> like this couldn't. It was just one of those weird things, you know. So for her to be in the middle of that, I really would like to uh, have her have more time training. And uh, But I believe she's a, a good investment. She's going to be a, a star one day if she rides it out there. I think you're doing a great job, my friend. You're kicking ass in MLW as well. And uh, you're fanging and banging. And that's that's what it's all about, man. I'm so grateful that you hopped on with us here. Matt, anything else you'd yeah. like to say to Dave? Uh, I just uh, – anybody who's out there, if you are just uh, a new fan that is discovering Dave, if you're discovering Gangrel, and like you said, it really is – there's a constant cycle now of people that weren't even born that are going back and watching the network. They're like, oh, my God, this guy was with – the Hardys, he was with Edge and Christian. This is so cool. You're you're constantly seeing, you're you're constantly learning these these other people now. It's cool that the industry makes that happen nowadays. It's available, but just still support Dave. He's the best out there. Truly one of the good guys. Uh, killing it on MLW, still killing it out on the indie scene. And anytime I run into him, it's a great day because he puts a smile on my face, makes me happy. Wow, thank you, man. I always smile when I see you. <laughs> Thank you guys so much, man. Thanks for all the kind words. Thanks Thank for having you me. so much, man. We appreciate having you, and we'll uh, we'll definitely be sure to catch up with you soon. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hope, hope it's as soon as for both of you. That's yes, right. sir. John. That's <laughs> John, drink that whiskey. Drink a shot. You'll be better. I, I yeah, I've been fighting things off. I got my two different. I thought I'm the old school way. The way I was brung up, a little Jack and Honey, just do a shot. You'll be all right. You'll get over that cold. <laughs> it'll it'll cure anything. I couldn't tell you how many times Ron Simmons, I used to hide a bottle of Jack Daniels in my bag. And I, I'd come back and I'd be looking for the, do my bag and Ron would be sitting there and he just goes, damn. And the left <laughs> I go, I guess not. <laughs> I don't know how many bottles of Jack he would snatch from me. Because, you know, when you got sick back then, we had to, we had to make the towns. There was no, uh, you know, food poisoning. F you, you're making the town. You know, yeah. I got the flu. F you, you're making the town. <laughs> I got a broken arm. I've got a broken arm. <laughs> Wrap it up. Make the town. Yeah, tape it up. Tape it up. Let's go. If you didn't, you lost your spot back then, too. It's such a different – it's so different now, man. When but, uh, both of you hang up the boots, I'll be sure to treat you both to Outback Steakhouse lunch, and we'll, <laughs> we'll have a good time. Everything will be good. Yeah. So. All right. Great to see you, Matt. Thank you again for the other night. It was awesome. It was amazing. Thank you, man. Um, so much fun. Can't wait to do it thanks again. Thanks last poopy loops on the roller coaster, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I'll see you soon somewhere, I'm sure. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, Matt. Bye. Who's going to take care of your family if something happens to you? What would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to GoliathLife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. 
If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to GoliathLife.com. What a great conversation that was, Matt. I love listening to that guy talk. He's just, he's so affable. I mean, how could you not listen to him and just not smile, right? He is a, he is a sweetheart. He, he really, really is. One of the nicest human beings you ever meet. And on top of that, he's just so, he has such a unique look. And, and you know he's been living kind of like with, with this vampire mindset for almost 35 years, which is it's pretty amazing. You know, but he really is just one of the good guys in the industry. And I'm so happy he was able to come on this morning. Uh, so happy he was willing to come on and just talk about things, man. I love the fact that he is still so active in 2022. And I would really love at the end of the day to see him land uh, some sort of gig, whether it's like backstage or some sort of mentor manager role in like an AW or a WWE or, you know, somewhere where he can make a full-time living out of it, just doing that. I, he, no one is more deserving than him. Yeah. And he, we heard him talk about at the end. He's doing all the training right now. Yeah. I have to imagine he's an exceptional trainer. I can't yeah. imagine that he wouldn't have so much to pass on. So go check out all the work he's doing there in South Florida and Fort Lauderdale. Have you seen the SuperCon wrestling he's been involved with Matt? I have not. This is so up your alley. Alex Chamberlain, who's one of his fellow trainers, uh, runs this. It is a wrestling company where wrestlers dress up as comic book figures, movie figures, and they compete. So you could have like Skeletor versus Superman in a legit wrestling match. Oh, wow. okay. Very cool. He was in a battle royal that went viral. When Toys R Us went out of business, Jeffrey the Giraffe came in and Gangrel came out. And someone delivered an Amazon package, and he hit Jeffrey the giraffe over the head with it. He said, "Amazon Prime, bitch." I remember that clip. That was a viral clip, right? Yes, yeah, I do remember that clip. Yeah, that's from the suit. It's right up Matt Hardy's alley. You should go check out the Florida SuperCon wrestling. It's very. I cool. definitely know. That's so cool. Um, but yeah, man, boxagimmicks.com. Let it play out. Matt fact, Matt fiction. Get your T-shirts right now. Put it on your back. Boxagimmicks.com. Find the Extreme Life Matt Hardy store. We want to see more of those sh- those shirts popping up on AEW television in the crowd. So that's always a positive. Is Rebby there? I want to plug the House Hardy Twitch stream. Rebby, oh, tell us you. tell us all the goods. What's going on over on the Twitch? I was checking it out this past week. We talked about Rebby, Rebby is always here with the. <laughs> I know Rebby is Rebby is everywhere. I am omnipotent, yes. You are ubiquitous. It's my word. Okay. <laughs> tell, tell us about the House Hardy Twitch stream. What's going on lately there? We do a lot of live streaming. It's House Hardy and not Matt Hardy particularly, but it's very much centered on him and wrestling. When he's on the road, we have filler streams with the kids, with me. We do real life stuff, cooking, gaming, all kinds of stuff. A lot of shit talking on there. Wrestling stories. So if you like this, you'll love the House Hardy Twitch stream. House Hardy uh, on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash House Hardy. Seeing Matt Hardy with the Pokemon backdrop, that's always a pleasure. That's worth the price of admission alone. I promise you that. One thing I want to say, too, is it is amazing how much, especially Woofy, more than anybody else, he says, can I stream, Mama? Can I stream? He was so upset he didn't get to stream right before he left at the very end. And she sat in there. I'll tell you this. Woofy is four years old. Four years old. This one, two, three, four years old. And she sat in on the stream with him. Obviously, you can't do that on your own when you're four years old. But she sat on with him. And he talked for an hour and 40 minutes. Is that right? Just nonstop. He talked about video games for an hour and 40 minutes, <laughs> which is mind-blowing to me. You know what I mean? And he, he loves it so much. And so does Very Max. Very charismatic. 
They're, very much in character the whole time. He's uh, he's going to be the one for sure. Them them Hardys can talk. We've learned that here on the Extreme <laughs> Life of Matt Hardy because you know why, Matt? The words have been spoken. Next week, we're back with an interview with EC3. Yeah. We'll look more into some of that stuff that Queen Rebecca was involved with as well. Over right. Netflix. So. Yeah, I think we're, we're going to go, we're going to look deep into that big double turn too, if I'm not mistaken, right? That we are, that we are. There were hammers, there were there were yeah. purses. Oh, yeah, hammer in the diaper bag. Very nice. Bye-bye. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Rebby, thank you. Matt Hardy, thank you. We'll see you guys next time here on The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Adios, guys. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com.